This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another Astros podcast. Greetings from Fit Team Ballpark of the Palm Beaches in West Palm Beach, Florida, where today the Houston Astros continue Grapefruit League play against the St. Louis Cardinals. Astros defeated the Marlins in Jupiter yesterday 4-1. Justin Verlander 3 and a third. Scoreless innings with five strikeouts. Max Stassi, two hits and an RBI as the Astros are now 6-5-2 this spring. It's time for today's pitching matchup brought to you by Houston Methodist, the official health care provider for the Houston Astros, Houston Methodist leading medicine. It's my distinct pleasure to welcome in Mike Caps, who's going to be filling in for the next few days on Astros Radio, the longtime voice of the AAA Round Rock Express, who are back in the fold as an Astros affiliate. Yay. Welcome. <laughs> welcome, Mike. And Garrett uh, Cole going for the Astros yeah. today. And, and obviously so much fun to watch him. He is. He And, and what a professional. I mean, a delivery that's repeated almost to perfection. Uh, a guy that takes such great pride in what he does. And you can see it in his mound presence. You can see it in the way he moves on and off the field. This is going to be a treat for fans here today. And Dakota Hudson's on the mound for the Cardinals. 26 games out of the bullpen for St. Louis as a rookie last year. You saw quite a bit of him, though, in the Pacific Coast League with Memphis, Pacific Coast League Pitcher of the Year last year. Yes, he was, and for good reason. This is a ground ball machine, a sinker at 95. You know, they used him in the big leagues last year as a reliever. He's not a reliever. He's going to be a, a middle to lower part of their uh, rotation, I believe. I mean, this kid... The sinker is nasty. Case of the game brought to you by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals on all models. Official sponsor of the Houston Astros. And I think the key, having Mike Caps here, longtime radio broadcaster at Round Rock, is, uh, you know, in a lot of these games, especially later innings, there are a lot of guys who come in who I'm not too familiar with. You're going to be more familiar with some of these guys than I am by the time all is said and done in this ball game. Uh, it's hard to argue that. <laughs> it, it, it really is. It, I, I, I love Miles Straw. I love him in the nine hole, and especially when you got Tony Kemp in the two hole for the Astros, and Marisnik. That those three guys are jackrabbits, man. That's going to be some fun for fans to watch here at Fit Team Ballpark. It certainly is going to be a lot of fun, and also a lot of fun earlier today. AJ Hinch named Justin Verlander the Astros' opening day starter, and we're going to hear from Justin Verlander after this. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that good. Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford Bach? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. Welcome back. Astros getting set to take on the St. Louis Cardinals. And earlier today, A.J. Hench made an announcement that really didn't come as a surprise that Justin Verlander is going to be the Astros' opening day starter when they open the season against the Tampa Bay Rays on March 28th. And so Verlander will be making his 11th opening day start. And what an accomplishment for Justin Verlander. And he reflected on that earlier today. It's pretty pretty special, man. You know, it's a over a decade of you know being out there game one, which is something I always relish. You know, I always try to go back and remember uh, my first opening day and the kind of culmination of all 
all your work to get to that point and um, how special that was for me. And uh, you don't really get to experience it much when you're starting. You know, you're just part of the energy and part of it, um, but you don't get to kind of like sit back and enjoy it. Those, those are those days that, you, you know, when you look back uh, later in your career, or when you're done, I think those, those opening days are the ones you remember. Those are part of the, part of the special moments in baseball that, you know, that you always dream about. The first one, the most memorable, when you think back through all of them? Or? I don't know, man. They're all, they're all unique and special. Uh, I guess you don't try to focus on one. It's just honestly like the most, the most memorable one, like I said, was the one that in Kansas City, my first opening day, I wasn't pitching. Uh, you know, like a kid in the bleachers, just enjoying it and soaking it all in. When you're pitching, you know, you, you're not really thinking about the fun factor, the um, energy factor. It's just you're, you're worried about pitching. To face Blake Snell, who you had a tight race with for the Cy Young last year. Yeah, it should be it should be a great matchup. Um, you know, I think it'll, that that's I don't think you get too often. Um, number one and number two going at each other on opening day. Uh, you know, kind of a few years ago, uh, I guess 2011 when I won the MVP too, the runner-up, uh, Ellsbury was the runner-up and we opened against Boston that next year. So that was, uh, you know, that was, that was cool. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. They feel you say it's different because you're pitching, but the conversation with the manager when he tells you you're the guy, yeah. that those have to mean something too. Yeah, they do. You know, and, and, and I think, uh, AJ does a really good job of, you know, I, I, I think relaying the importance of things. I think, um, you know, I would say most of us were probably uh, aware that I, I, my, I most likely would be starting opening day, but I think he does a good job of putting things in perspective. And, you know, when he called me in the office, he's like, you know, uh, congratulations. And, you know, this is your 11th, like, you know, think about that. And, um, you know, it's really cool to have him kind of uh, relay the importance of, of certain things um, to make you appreciate it a little more. When he called you in the office, you have an idea that was why? Actually, no, I wasn't even thinking about it. Uh, no, um, I, I didn't know what it was about. Uh, immediately I knew, but uh, yeah. Is it still as much fun as it always was? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it absolutely is, if not more. I, you know, I, I love this game. I love playing it. I love everything about it. Um, yeah, uh, same. That's Justin Verlander. He's been named the Astros opening day starter for a second straight year and the 11th opening day start for his career. A.J. Hinch also said Garrett Cole will start game two of the season, has not announced the rest of the rotation yet. So I'd like to get to Houston Chronicles beat writer for the Astros, Chandler Rome, joining us. After coming down from the clubhouse a little earlier, Chandler, you got a chance to talk to Justin Verlander, three and two-thirds of scoreless ball how do he feel he said he felt good uh it was a little bit uh he kind of disputed this but he, uh, it seemed like a little bit of an abnormal outing for him had a lot of long layoffs between innings had to sit for a long time but did he, he mention said, that he i i actually phrased that in a question he kind of shook it off as if it didn't matter but um you know he he, he did say that he he kind of liked getting into the jam there kind of to mimic some stress that may maybe put on him and sometimes had to pitch out of the stretch a little bit he liked that he saw 97 on his 59th and 60th pitches he likes where his velocity is at this point in spring training. So overall, he was pleased with his outing. Ronnie Dawson will lead things off for the Astros. Fouls the first pitch. That was off of Keller. And it's no balls and one strike. Scratched before the ball game today. It was Jose Altuve. Sounds like it was minor. What are you hearing? Well, uh, I, I wasn't told this until I got to the ballpark, but Jerome Solomon, who's here for the Houston, who's also here with the Houston Chronicle, he was on one of the backfields today, and he noticed that Jose Altuve did not take batting practice today, and he didn't. Uh, I did, he didn't text me about it until we got to the ballpark, so now it sort of makes sense. So, 
may have been something that that he maybe felt yesterday. Yeah, maybe reported to maybe reported to the facility with it this morning. Maybe felt yesterday, and they're just being precautionary with it. But it doesn't sound too serious. But we'll obviously talk to AJ Hinch after and get the full story. Little jam shot by Ronnie Dawson, a one hopper to the shortstop for the first out of the inning. Good hustle by Dawson down the line, almost beat it out. Did you get a chance? Because you, I know you were at the the complex earlier. Uh, did you get a chance to see Josh James uh, throw his uh, his bullpen session of getting off the mound after suffering that quad injury? I didn't actually. I was okay. not. I was not out there. I understand, but I understand he, Dean Dietz, and CNL. I think CNL Perez threw a live BP today as well. So, so that's another step for CNL Perez. We'll see him in a game soon, and I think you know he he. They faced a little bit of a decision with him within the organization. The organization's a little bit divided as to whether how he projects long-term, whether he's a guy that they want to develop as a starter. Jeff Luno at the winter meeting said he kind of falls in that category. He wants CNL Perez as a starter, but he's got high-end stuff that can play in the relief, and this is a bullpen that's going to need a left-hander at some point. He would seem to be a, a viable candidate for that. Here's Alex Degoti at the plate now, his first plate appearance today. A couple RBIs this spring for Degoti. And it's a one ball and one strike count. There's one away. Astros lead four to one in the top of the seventh. Talking with Houston Chronicles, Chandler Rome. You've been here pretty much the, the entire time this spring, haven't you? Uh, correct, yes. I have not. Yes, I've been here the whole time. What's your biggest surprise so far in spring? This pitch is fouled away one and two. So, I, guess, I guess seeing the young arms in person. Um, you know, yeah. you can hear about Forrest Whitley. You can hear about Corbin Martin, J.B. Bukowskis, you know, kind of the emergence of a guy like Brandon Belak, Brian Abreu, guys that you can hear about them, but until you come and you see them and you see the success that they have, and each one of them is, has had outings where they've just looked phenomenal and they've had outings where they've struggled a little bit, and you've kind of expected that from, from the prospects. But I think that's one, and I think the other thing is just how good Carlos Correa looks. I think the way he's swinging the bat, the way he's hitting the ball to all fields with authority. Yeah, if you looked at the averages, you wouldn't know it. Right, right. You've got to be here to see it. But the contact, which you're hearing off the bat from him and where he's placing balls, I I think it it certainly bodes well for him, and and it appears certainly that he's healthy. A 2-2 pitch to Alex Degote. And Keller delivers, misses upstairs with the breaking ball. It's 3-2. We... You know, it's almost every day that we start seeing maybe it's a Garrett Stubbs. Sometimes somebody reopens your eyes, like a Derek Fisher. You know, guys are starting to emerge and and really stack the upper levels of the minor leagues for the Astros. Yeah, and it's interesting and it's cool when you talk to these guys when they first get to camp and they tell you the adjustments they tried to make during the offseason. And then to see them enact it and see them actually work is, is something to – is something to, something to behold, and you're seeing with Derek Fisher, a guy that who early in camp, uh, you know, told, said that he maybe used too much data last year. He was too focused on launch angle, too focused on elevating the baseball, and he was he was given a lot of data and didn't really know how to process it. And now he's found a happy medium between processing that data and going with his gut, going with his natural feel. He calls his swing a more natural swing, and I think you're seeing it. It's a more fluid swing that he's be, that he's able to, to elevate the ball naturally, not just doing what the data tells him. It's a long foul ball down the right field line, slicing away from Guerrero, the right fielders. Degote finds himself back into the box. It's a 3-2 count with one out, nobody on. Fish from Keller. In on the hands this time, popped up toward the Astros' dugout, first base side. That'll reach the seats. And maybe that's a, a skill or an art 
into, unto itself for a coaching staff or player development to teach guys how to uh, use that type of information and, and not overcrowd your mind. Especially in this organization, one that, that gives players a bevy of data and a bevy of analysis. There's some that... But can you analyze which players can handle this much information? Correct, and it's got to be on a case-by-case basis, and right. I think Derek Fisher sort of learned the hard way. 3-2 count to Degote. Reed on deck, the pitch. Off-speed pitch, strike three called as Degote thought it was high. And that's the second out of the inning. Astros lead 4-1 to one here in the top of the seventh. And you think about a guy like Derek Fisher. You know, we were talking about this a little earlier on the broadcast. He's someone who was on the opening day roster last year, but he kind of became a, a forgotten man. And with this surge that he's had and some of the adjustments we've seen in spring training, A.J. Hinch taking notice, particularly of his aggressiveness early in counts, maybe got a little passive last year. He's, he's really put himself back on the radar. I think that's the, the what you mentioned right there, his, his passiveness last year, and I think We've seen him kind of revert back to normal this this spring training. He's swinging a lot more fastballs. He's he's being more aggressive. He's swinging first, second pitch. He's not sitting there waiting, and I, and I think that's going to help him in the long run because you're right. He was a forgotten man. This was a lot of people forget that Miles Straw was called up over him to right. be the to be the designated pinch runner on the playoff roster, a, a spot that Fisher held in 2017. Oh, one pitch to AJ Reed misses low. It's one and one. It's almost the paralysis by analysis for Fisher. Couldn't pull the trigger right. because he probably had too many things floating between his ears. Yeah, correct. And he's a guy that he's a deep thinker. He's a guy that, that thinks a lot. But there's sometimes you just got to pick and choose what you use. There's a liner to right field into the corner for A.J. Reed. He's going to dig for second base. Could be a play there. And he slides in safely with a double. As A.J. Reed, his last few games really come alive here this spring. Yeah, started off 0 for 12, but hit a home run. That seemed to get him back on track and looking a lot better at the plate. One of the best walk-up songs in spring. What, what's his walk-up song? Big Papa. Yeah. Oh, well, really? Notorious B.I.G. Yeah, you know, he walks up to that at the bowling alley, too. <laughs> <laughs> he's like uh, Bill Murray in Kingpin. <laughs> there's, not, there's not a player in camp that is more suited to have Big Papa as his walk-up music <laughs> than A.J. Reed. Is this Jack Mayfield? Yes. Mayfield stands in, batting for... Alebmiz Diaz batting for the first time. Keller comes set. First pitch to Jack is in there at the top of the zone for strike one. thought it was interesting that, that Justin Verlander, going back to his outing today, said he wasn't happy with his slider. Said uh, uh-huh. said he, he didn't think he threw it well. He said he threw a couple of good ones, but he said that was probably the, the biggest. Well, the last pitch he threw was a slider, and it came on a full count. That's pro- that was probably the biggest disappointment for him was his slider, but he was very, again, for a third start in a row, very impressed with his changeup. He said he threw seven or eight, and he said he threw it to Curtis Granderson. And I think that's what we're seeing with Verlander. He, he's judging his changeup by throwing it against veteran hitters and seeing how they react. He mentioned Curtis Granderson three or four times in the interview today and how much, how many changeups he threw well, to Well, Granderson's him. owned him. Remember last year? Mm-hmm. He was – Lining out rope shots off of Verlander, every, everything he threw. Swing and a miss, Mayfield. Verlander a little, he, he, he did kind of reveal today that the changeup is different. He's completely changed the way he's gripping the ball as, as opposed to when he used to throw a changeup or his old versions of the changeup. The athletics intrepid Astros writer Jake Kaplan tried to get him to explain in depth um, the new grip or anything like that. He would not budge. So we'll have to wait, I guess, until Pitching Ninja frames it, and we'll see it on Twitter, this new grip. (laughs) (laughs) One-two pitch misses outside. Four-to-one lead for the Astros, top of the seventh. We're with Chandler Rome of the Houston Chronicle. 
you know, we were kind of speculating about that. It looked like it was something very natural. It looked just like his fastball when he releases that, and it looked like just the speed of that pitch uh, has the hitters fooled because it looks like a fastball out of his hand, and it looks natural. Yeah, and and it, it plays so well off of his other two pi- off his other three pitches, and uh, I thought he I thought his curveball looked good today. Uh, seeing 97 at this point in spring training that deep into an outing on the 59th and the 60th pitch, I think was was also pretty eye opening. And you know, I think we all saw it. He kind of haggled with with AJ Hinch to stay in for that batter, and I think he wanted to see that velocity mm-hmm. on the screen, and he, and he liked that. We always seem empty the tank on that last batter, don't we? Yeah, we do. 3-2 count with two outs. Runner on second base. Reed a long way off a of second. Here's the pitch to Mayfield. Shoots it foul. This has probably been the most spring training of spring training games yet. The first couple of innings were a defensive nightmare, I, I think, for both teams. A lot of so, – so this has been – We've, we've seen some pretty good baseball. The Astros, I think, have played pretty fundamental. For, for a spring training, for a Grapefruit League setting, the Astros have played pretty fundamentally sound. So have their opponents, but today has kind of been a departure from that. This has been a long game with a lot of weird stuff happening. 3-2, mm-hmm. back into the screen on the foul ball. Yeah, three errors in one inning by the Marlins in, in the second, including one charge on the, the defensive obstruction with Tyler White coming around first after the ball got away on a, a throw to first base, obstructed by the... Uh, first baseman Martin Prado. Yeah, it's been that that sort of game. Four errors for the Marlins. With that being said, though, this Astros team is tight defensively. They're really, really fundamentally sound. And, and you saw you saw Michael Brantley in right field getting his first exposure there. That's a nice play. And yeah. Right over the, the shoulder, so they know he can do it. Well, Chandler, thanks for, for catching us up. We really appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. The Houston Astros Radio Network. That ball is gone! Steve Sparks, Robert Ford. And you can kiss it goodbye! This is the Houston Astros Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.